Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Humane Voices, the official podcast of the Humane Society of the United States. Carrie and Austin here for another episode. We're here talking about wildlife killing contests. Sounds concerning. It is. Uh, but we have some good news for you. But first, Carrie, uh, can you guess where I am? Here? Uh, you look like you're in the office. I am. I made the trek. A bold I, move. A bold very, move. Very bold. I should have my mask on, but we're in the, we're in the, the one-person room right now. So feel, All right, good, feel good. pretty safe, pretty distanced. Um, so today we have two very special guests to talk about this topic. Uh, we have Jennifer Hillman, who is the Vice President of Wildlife Protection, and Jill Fritz, who's the Director of Wildlife Protection at the Humane Society of the United States. And we are very excited to sit down and chat with you both. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So we want to jump right in here. We got some very good news this week about the killing contest, the wildlife killing contest. They were just banned in Washington State, which is great news. But first, want to step back for a second. What is a killing contest? I'm not sure a lot of people even know what those are. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to me that these things still exist. I mean, like that a killing contest sounds like something you'd see in a violent video game. So if you guys can sort of provide some background so people understand like exactly the barbarity of what we're talking about here, that would be great. Sure. Well, wildlife killing contests are organized events that usually take place over a day or two in which participants compete to kill the most or the heaviest or sometimes even the smallest animals for cash and prizes. Uh, the contest might be judged by weight uh, or by a point system, like 10 points per coyote, five points per bobcat, three points per fox, et cetera. Uh, or even by categories, like uh, the coyote with the biggest ears or the quote unquote mangiest mutt. Um, they usually culminate with a check-in or a weigh-in uh, of the animals and the awarding of prizes and then some kind of a celebration. And uh, the uh, HSUS has conducted uh, several undercover investigations of these killing contests all over the country in New York, New Jersey, Maryland, and Oregon, and, and documented participants joking and killing about cutting open pregnant uh, coyotes laughing and posing for photos in front of piles of dead animals and uh, talking about the thrill of the kill and uh, even young children uh, playing around the piles of dead animals and even helping to uh, bring them in to be weighed and counted for prizes. So just out of curiosity, what's the history of these concepts? Are these, are these like a new thing or are these like a historical thing that have been going on for a long time? The earliest killing contest that we know about was uh, back in the late 1950s in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, and it was staged supposedly to uh, kill coyotes around uh, livestock ranches. Um, and then they started expanding throughout the West and then uh, into the East to the point now that we, we have found wildlife killing contests being held in almost all of the 43 states that still allow them. What animals are being killed? Is it regional or are there specific types that are usually participating in this contest? Uh, well, by far the animals most targeted in these killing contests are coyotes, uh, red and gray foxes, and bobcats. But then you also have uh, uh, 
rabbits, woodchucks, squirrels, raccoons, rattlesnakes, even wolves in some cases, or mountain lions in states like Texas, where they're an unprotected species. So what, what's the argument for the species? Like, is it, is it some sort of, you know, do they claim that these animals are pests or, or, or predators? Like, what, what is the, you know, even, even if we disagree with the argument, what's, what's the sort of reason for the targeting? Right, well, oh, some of the contest organizers will try to market their contest as a test of skill in what they call coyote calling, when they use devices that mimic the sound of prey or even pups in distress to lure coyotes or foxes out for an easy shot. Uh, but far more will claim that they are uh, having a killing contest to quote unquote reduce coyote populations uh, implying that uh, killing coyotes will protect livestock or, or protect pets or people in the area. And others will call their contests things like the Save Our Fawns Coyote Derby or the Save the Birds Tournament, meaning uh, turkeys, <laughs> implying that killing coyotes or other uh, carnivore species will yield more deer or more turkeys for human hunters. Right, so save save our fawns so we can kill them later. <laughs> right, that that's the that's yeah, the idea. Of course, right. uh, both of those rationales are, are just flat out wrong. Right, uh, science has has long established that you know randomly killing large numbers of, of native carnivores won't protect or prevent livestock conflicts. It won't uh, protect pets or people. It won't increase numbers of deer or turkeys for hunters. Uh, and it won't reduce coyote numbers. In fact, it, it could even increase them by disrupting the very stable and organized uh, breeding structure that coyote groups have. So uh, I just want to go back for a second, because I know, I believe, Jennifer, you're, you're in Washington. And so we got some good news this week about the killing contests. And I, can we talk about the new rule that was passed and which animals this protects? Yeah, so I am uh, based in Seattle. Okay. Um, Jill and her team uh, worked really hard with our state director lobbying that commission. The Wildlife Fish and Wildlife Commission is the, is the group that actually passed that with a vote of seven to two, um, which was really uh, significant. Um, they worked for, gosh, Jill, two, three years on that bill, um, on that rule. And Jill will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's all fur-bearing mammals in Washington um, can no longer be um, part of these killing contests. Right, um, the species that are traditionally targeted, coyotes, yeah. fox, bobcat, fox. raccoon, etc. Okay. Yep, yep. And one of the things, oh, go ahead, Karen. Oh, no, go ahead, Jennifer, please go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things that Jill and the team have seen over the years, which we um, just find remarkable, is that these commissions are really um, starting to couch a lot of, you know, a lot of commission uh, members are hunters themselves, but are becoming more and more opposed to these contests because, you know, they see their job, uh, these fish and wildlife agencies, um, whether good or bad, to sort of advocate for hunters. Mm -hmm. And these contests are, um, in a lot of their minds, not hunting. These are not ethical, there's no fair chase. You know, when Jill was talking about um, these artificial calls that they use to bring these animals out of the woods. So for them now, it's becoming more and more, you know, uh, by banning killing contests, they're actually trying to protect sort of the integrity, if you will, of um, what we often refer to as ethical hunting. Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of shining a, a spotlight on, on some of the inner workings too, I know that the HSUS and this team specifically has been working to spotlight this very issue through investigations of contests in certain states. That's something that your team, Jill and Jennifer, works and helps with? Absolutely. And, and the results of these undercover investigations have really galvanized the public into uh, getting involved in our policy efforts in the states where uh, uh, we want to ban killing contests. Uh, for example, most recently we uh, conducted an undercover investigation in New York State, uh, the second one that we had done there, and investigators saw coyotes being basically tossed into dumpsters or just thrown right outside of dumpsters after they were weighed for prizes. And uh, Participants even talked to our investigators about the propensity for cheating uh, for killing contest participants that they will um, Contest organizers will often threaten to take body temperatures of animals that are brought in to discourage Participants from just picking up a roadkill coyote and throwing them in the freezer until the next contest or they'll even uh, threaten to uh, make participants take a lie detector test during the judging portion. So um, these are all practices that, as, as Jennifer mentioned, so many more uh, hunters now and state wildlife management professionals are, are pointing out are just an embarrassment and they really have no place in, in modern wildlife management. So just out of curiosity, you know, I, I know that there's probably, um, like when I was thinking through the, the issue with coyotes and, and what's created, you know, like the coyote population has spread out from the West, correct? I, I think that those, yeah. And so one thing that struck me here in terms of this, this sort of discussion around, um, around coyotes is that they're now trying to control an animal who is basically spread the way, the way that species has was, isn't that partially because, you know, humans already decimated the population of predators that competed with them in the first place? That's exactly right. They, yeah. Coyotes are a native uh, carnivore to the Western United States. Um, but yes, uh, settlers, as they pushed West and the East, eradicated the uh, native wolves and yeah. cougars uh, that were there. And coyotes, being very adaptive and, and very smart, uh, have, have uh, migrated east and down from Canada to fill that void and fill that very important role of, of uh, you know, being that top carnivore in the area. Yeah, this always just really strikes me how many times sort of humans correct for something terrible we already did by doing something new terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. unfortunately. Right. And that, and that brings up another good point that, that uh, sometimes um, while killing contest organizers, like I said, will try to rationalize that they are, that, that they, the humans need to act as the top predators and, and uh, eradicate any coyotes to make sure that there are plenty of deer uh, for hunting. But um, state wildlife management agencies themselves, uh, the Pennsylvania Game Commission and many others have pointed out that it's very clear predator control does not work. If you want healthy populations of deer or turkeys or other species for hunters, you need to have good habitat. Uh, but going out and randomly killing those, those native carnivores that are there to do a job, uh, that just won't work. And you mentioned, Jill, you mentioned prizes for these contests. Yes. What type of prizes are offered here? Most often the prizes for killing contests are the cash pot 
from the registration fees. It can range from $50 a person to $200 or more for two or three man teams in these contests. And then at the end, the cash pot is distributed to the winners. Um, but sometimes uh, prizes can also include hunting equipment like guns, even AR-15 rifles, ammunition, and the electronic calling devices we mentioned, spotlights or night vision devices that are donated by the sponsors of the contest. They Man. are awarded as prizes. And then, and then they may also have raffle prizes as well. Uh, and even uh, some allow sports style betting on the participants themselves. This sounds like just all warm and fuzzy inside. It sounds like the, the worst game show I've ever been a part of, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's a really high stakes yeah. uh, thing too. In the recent um, West Texas Big Bobcat contest, there were uh, more than $350,000 in prize money. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. In terms of the sponsors participating, are there, are there sort of uh, equipment companies that refuse to participate in these things? I mean, do we know some of the better actors and worse actors on that front? Um, well, I do not know of sponsors who, or potential sponsors who have said that they will no longer sponsor future contests, but we have seen local sponsors, local restaurants, bars, uh, withdraw their sponsorship from local killing contests when confronted by the public mm. uh, with it. But um, large uh, mainstream companies like uh, Nikon or Swarovski Optic that, that also manufacture the rifle scopes and other equipment have sponsored killing contests. Uh, and then particularly disturbingly, uh, they're also sponsored or they benefit uh, institutions in our society that are supposed to influence our values uh, or be models of civic engagement like 4-H clubs, the VFW, American Legion, churches, uh, oftentimes volunteer fire departments, uh, middle and senior high schools as wow. well. So Jill and Jennifer, now with this new rule and, and this new ban in Washington state, do you feel like you're seeing momentum shifting in the right way? This is not the only state. There are, there are uh, six or seven other states that are participating now in this ban. Are you seeing a momentum shift? Absolutely. Yes, we absolutely are. And, you okay. know, this um, Jill leads this team that not only includes our staff, um, but is in contact with a lot of our volunteers across the country and just citizens. You know, the way that they find out about some of these contests is by people you know, going into the local feed store and seeing a poster um, for these killing contests and we'll then contact um, the HSUS and, and want to know how to get uh, involved in stopping um, this. But I think, you know, so many, uh, so much kudos goes to our investigation team too. I think that we really saw an uptick. You know, it's one thing to talk about killing contests and to mention um, you know, how they work and what they're about. But when you actually see footage and see uh, the photos um, that we have uh, generated through our investigations team, people are really um, quite horrified at the images. And so I think that builds momentum in addition to the fact that, you know, as we mentioned, um, it's becoming an embarrassment to, to fish and wildlife commissions and um, people who are interested in science-based management of wildlife um, which the team works, you know, not just build, uh, banning killing contests, but working to really change overall um, the way in which fish and wildlife agencies across the country view management of wildlife. 
and that this is so against science in addition to how egregious it is. So the momentum is building, um, you know, both from the public outrage over such egregious events and also from within the agencies and commissions recognizing that this is just not um, management of wildlife, much less uh, considered to be something, anything close to uh, hunting mm. in the, in the traditional add, sense. Um, as you mentioned, uh, seven states have now banned wildlife killing contests, and those states are California, Vermont, New Mexico, Arizona, Massachusetts, Colorado, and Washington State. And Vermont and New Mexico banned those uh, through the legislatures uh, with legislation. But all of those other states, they were banned in the state wildlife commissions by uh, by the agencies that regulate hunting and promote hunting in the state. So I think that is a, a really exciting trend. Just yeah. Know. So it, the fact that those seven states are the places where it's been banned, does that mean that the contents or contests are still really prevalent in the other 43 states or is it sort of mixed across the country? Um, well, there, um, there are hotspots. There are states that, that have um, many more wildlife killing contests than others. For example, on the East Coast, Pennsylvania, by far, eclipses every other state in number of killing contests, with New York State being a close second. Hmm. Uh, in the upper Midwest, uh, the Great Lakes states, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, and Iowa are all, um, have, have many killing contests. And out West, uh, a lot of them concentrated in Nevada, Oklahoma. Actually, Oklahoma is number two in the, in the nation uh, for killing contests in Montana. And is it primarily but, coyotes with all of those states or is it a mix of animals or? Primarily coyotes in, in the West, mm -hmm. uh, but in the upper Midwest in Michigan in particular, uh, red fox and bobcats, uh, particularly are uh, many more bobcats killed in Michigan's upper peninsula. Uh, killing contests. And as you saw in our investigation here in Maryland, uh, at a killing contest not that far from the HSUS main office, uh, red fox by far are the animals killed most often in Maryland killing contests and New Jersey as well. Wow. So what I, I really appreciate, and Jennifer mentioned it uh, as well, uh, huge kudos to the investigations team, uh, at hitting the root cause and, and really finding where these contests are happening with the investigations. I know that our team can't be everywhere all at once. So is there a lot of collaboration with local volunteers or local advocates in the area to help with that support? Uh, well, most often it, <clears throat> it begins with our state directors who okay. I can't say enough good things about. Um, they are the boots on the ground they are there in, in the wildlife commissions, they're speaking with legislators, they're coordinating our, our huge volunteer team that we have in all of our states. Uh, they're talking with the media and they're dealing sometimes with kind of unpleasant pushback uh, from people on these, this issue. It's not, a diff it's not an easy issue uh, to deal with and uh, they just do an amazing job. Most recently, Dan Paul, our Washington senior state director, but all of the state directors in the states where they've been banned uh, have done an amazing job in, in dealing with all aspects of it, from the volunteer coordination to uh, working with policymakers, uh, working with the media, et cetera. Mm. 
So just out of curiosity, I mean, if I'm an average citizen and I find out about one of these things happening near me, I mean, what are the ways that you and your teams have sort of found to be most effective to getting them stopped? I mean, is it a combination of sort of targeting potential sponsors? Is it the legislators? Uh, is, I mean, I can imagine it would be sort of a, a patchwork thing where you can address the single hunt, but then you can also address it legislatively. Correct, or, or at the regulatory level. Mm -hmm. But the first thing, you, if you find a killing contest in your area, uh, the first thing you can do is download our toolkit. We've created a very comprehensive toolkit with everything you need. Uh, it's at humanesociety.org slash killing contest toolkit. And contest is plural there. It has sample letters uh, for you to ask the organizers to cancel the event, ask the sponsors to no longer support them, uh, and to inform the media and the public about killing contests happening in your area. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to take it one step further uh, and try to work on uh, getting a statewide ban on killing contests, uh, then we recommend that you first contact your HSUS state director because this is a priority issue for us at the Humane Society of the United States, and chances are your own state director is already hard at work on this issue. So you can find them at humanesociety.org slash state directors, and they will get you plugged into efforts at the state level. That's great. So what does the future look like down the pipeline for 2021 for your department? I was going to add just that um, for... 2021, we have a really solid agenda um, moving forward to ban contests now. We'll be going back to Oregon, back to Maryland, um, where we were very close to the finish line before the virus kind of took over uh, and um, thwarted those efforts um, in both Oregon and Maryland. So we should, we're poised to get those across the finish line in 2021. Um, the team's working at looking um, at Pennsylvania, as, as Jill mentioned. We're also looking at um, a number of ordinances uh, potentially to, to pass, but our state bill agendas, you know, as we've seen in these other um, seven states now, you know, it can happen at the state level. And that is really obviously the, the, um, the most effective way to cancel contests is to ban them, um, you know, at the policy level in those states. Um, so we've got, uh, Almost every day now, as Jill mentioned, the state directors are really excited about this issue. They really want to see the momentum in their state. And so they're contacting the team, asking about uh, looking into legislation. So we've got Jill, Nevada, Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, New York, New Jersey, um, Oregon, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. We've got a number of states yeah, on the radar, yep, that we'll mm -hmm. be looking at um, uh, are looking at currently and will be really looking to um, push forward the agenda in 2021. That's and great. likely several more too. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, it seems like every day we have a state director or yeah. volunteer leaders coming to us and, and asking us to look into their state as well. Do you guys have a sort of list of those states on the website as well that if people, you know, want to go and check out what they can do locally, they could, they could access? Um, we encourage people to, to like and to follow their HSUS state pages okay. so they can learn about new bills as they're introduced. And we do have the uh, toolkit, right? Jill is on the on Correct. The, the toolkit is on yep. our website. Yep. And, yep. and you can go right to humanesociety.org slash killing contest toolkit too. Um, but that, that lists the states that have already banned them. Um, mm -hmm. 
but we can uh, also put on our website the list of states where we'll be working in the legislatures in 2021, yeah. New York, New Jersey, New Hampshire, Maryland, and Oregon. Well, it sounds like the best the best option for folks is to be following their, their state's Facebook page for the yeah. HSUS, right? Because that way they'll Correct. learn about anything that they can help with coming up. Correct. That's just okay. facebook.com slash HSUS Maryland or, or whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Thank you both so much. Jennifer Hillman, Vice President of Wildlife Protection, and Jill Fritz, Director of Wildlife Protection at the Humane Society of the United States. Thank you both so much for sitting down and chatting with us this Thank afternoon. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah it was wonderful. It's a great conversation. That's all we have great. for today's show, but big kudos to the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife for proposing the rule that passed last week. And uh, as we were mentioning a little bit before, to find out more info on how we are working to make these killing contests a thing of the past, you know where to find us, humanesociety.org. And Jill had also mentioned humanesociety.org slash killing contests, plural, toolkit. Is that correct, Jill? Correct. Killing contests toolkit. So you can find more information there. Thanks again, and see you next time on Humane Voices. Thank, Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks.